And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Okay, here we go. Welcome, everyone. We are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi For Me. Probably going to be a shorter show today. Don't have a guest. Just a, a real quick topic for discussion. Live chat is open. I see Dave and Cam1138 in there. Good to have you both. If you are not with us live, uh, you can leave a comment. You can always leave us an email live from the bunker at sci fi for me.com. If you prefer to listen to these programs as a podcast, we're available on a number of platforms, at least for now. And I say that because it could very well be, and I don't anticipate this happening, but it could happen that a particular broadcast platform pulls us uh, because of various different things that get said here today. Who knows? We'll see. Um, let me let me start. Uh, just to make a note here, I have not monetized this particular video over on YouTube today. There's a reason for that. Mainly to uh, eliminate another layer of scrutiny uh, with, with it, when it comes to uh, that particular platform. Because who knows? Who knows what the algorithm picks up? Who knows what... Uh, what censorship bots are in place for this kind of thing. But I want to I, I just take a, uh, take a moment here. I was initially motivated by anger to do this particular topic today. And I normally, you know, this is a science fiction magazine, science fiction, fantasy, horror is what we talk about. And in that vein... Uh, politics usually does not enter into the fray a lot. And, I, and I've been accused in, in the past a couple of times of getting a little bit too political with this show. And, and I can see that argument being made. Today is not a politic... Today is not a political topic. It's not. It's also not specifically deep in the weeds of sci-fi fantasy horror. It's related... I mean, if you look at the dystopian fiction of 1984 and Brave New World and Fahrenheit 451 and Animal Farm, then certainly we're in that wheelhouse. But I want to take you back for just a minute. In 1988, I was 18 years old. I got started in radio. I got, in my hot little hands a radio telephone operator's license from the Federal Communications Commission. 
This FCC license is what allowed me at the time to be on the air in radio. Now, these things are no longer required, but back then it was. If you were working on a radio station, you had to have a license to be on the air. You had to be, you had to be, you know, you had to have permission. You had to have a, a piece of paper that says that you were allowed to be there. So since 1988, I have been officially a licensed broadcaster. And I've made the point on more than one occasion here that my approach has always been that this is a TV channel, not a YouTube channel. I'm not a YouTuber. I'm not an influencer. I'm not a, I'm not a, a, whatever the, whatever the term of the day is. I'm a broadcaster. I'm a media producer. And that carries with it a certain amount of responsibility. Broadcasters, in general, speaking of the FCC, broadcasters have a responsibility to act in the public interest. That is a specific responsibility that's spelled out in the various different communication acts that have been passed over the years. Public interest convenience and necessity those are the things what the broadcast industry covers what we have responsibility for and it's kind of a nebulous thing there's really no set fixed definition of what the public interest is various different court cases have come and gone the debate over the fairness doctrine being part of that as well but I've always seen that if you're acting in the public interest, then, then you have certain obligations to do things to the benefit of the public, whether that means education, information, when you're doing news broadcast, or if you're doing educational programming, kids programming, religious programming, whatever. And as you've seen over the years, those of you who are of an age, you will remember that on Sunday mornings... A lot of these broadcast television stations would carve out time for church programs, kids programs, educational programs, and of course you have PBS and you have the late night programming and you have the the uh, the infomercials over the over the over the night time. So it is. It is with that in mind, the responsibility to the public interest, that I'm coming here with this particular discussion today. Science fiction, don't get me wrong, science fiction and science do have a tendency to overlap a lot. And fiction tends to become reality because we get inspired by those things in science fiction. Satellite communications, cell phones, holograms, tablet computers, space stations and rockets. We've, we've been there in our stories and now we're there in real life. Science is in our wheelhouse even when we're covering science fiction and fantasy and and that kind of thing. And usually our programming serves a specific area of interest. It's not necessarily the general public interest. 
And it's mostly dealing with fiction, book reviews, movie reviews. We talk about new projects that are coming to television and new movies that are being made and the related news connected to that gaming stuff. We talked yesterday about the various different mergers and acquisitions that are in play right now in the genre space, the video game space. But today, as a broadcaster, I feel like I have a responsibility to serve the public interest. And that's not a partisan thing either. I've been accused of making some partisan decisions with regard to policy here, specifically our decision not to attend any event that's requiring proof of vaccinations. It's not a partisan thing. It's a principled thing. And there have been moments, and there likely will be moments, where staff and I part ways over some of this kind of thing. And there may be some moments where some of you in the audience decides to part ways. And that's fine. I mean, we're sorry to see you go. But I do have a certain responsibility and we made a pledge to treat all of you in the audience with respect so i'm here to bring information to you that's in the public interest a matter of some urgency perhaps depending on your point of view i guess but there's a study that just got released from Johns Hopkins University. And you may have heard about this, but the odds are that you probably have not. Now, let me, let me first of all, let me talk a little bit about Johns Hopkins University. Johns Hopkins University is not some fly-by-night infomercials in the middle of the night call now and get your get your trade school diploma type of school johns hopkins university is the premier one of the premier research universities research hospitals in the world and it is the oldest in the united states it was founded in 1876 Johns Hopkins University has a number of awards, all sorts of prestige, Nobel laureates that, uh, that have come and gone on staff there. Uh, Mrs. Boss is okay. She's just got a little bit of a tickle in her throat. Thank you for asking, Cam. We're doing okay here. We're both, we're both still kind of not quite 100%, but we're getting there. We're better. So Johns Hopkins University is not some fly-by-night school. Which means that there should be, there should be more attention being drawn, uh, more attention being given to this study that was published by Johns Hopkins University. 
specifically the Johns Hopkins Institute for Applied Economics, Global Health, and the Study of Business Enterprise. I know that's a mouthful. This is a 62-page report. I'm not going to go through all of it. The title of the report, this was just put out. And we started seeing a few stories yesterday on February 1st as this started to get some coverage. Not a lot. Washington Times covered it. Fox and Breitbart and Newsmax covered it. And we'll talk about that in a minute. The title of the paper, A Literature Review and Meta-Analysis of the Effects of Lockdowns on COVID-19 Mortality. Now, we're going to get into a little bit of science. The science of propaganda. The science of economics. The science of healthcare. Because all of those things come into play with this study. Well, maybe not so much the propaganda. Well, yeah, we can talk propaganda. We can talk Orwell, Newspeak, Doublespeak, Memory Holes. I'm not going to get into deep in the weeds here, but I do want to read the conclusion on this. This is written by Jonas Herbie, Lars Jungen, and Steve Hankey. Uh, they are... Uh, uh, Hankey is the founder and co-director of the Johns Hopkins Institute for Applied Economics, Global Health, and Study of Business Enterprise. Views expressed in each working paper are those of the authors. There's the, there's the disclaimer. Herbie is a special advisor at the Center for Political Studies in Copenhagen, Denmark. His research focuses on law and economics, holds a master's degree in economics from the University of Copenhagen. Lars, Jon uh, Lars Jonung, professor emeritus in economics at Lund University in Sweden, served as chairperson of the Swedish Fiscal Policy Council 2012-2013 as research advisor at the European Commission 2000-2010 and as Chief Economic Advisor to Prime Minister Carl Bint from 1992 to 1994, holds a Ph.D. in economics from the University of California, Los Angeles. So these guys are not slouches. Here's the abstract. And this is where we get into the public interest. Reading from the paper, quote, This systemic review and meta-analysis meta are designed to determine whether there is empirical evidence to support the belief that lockdowns reduce COVID-19 mortality. So this is a science type of thing. Are these policies beneficial to the overall health care goal of saving lives? Okay, that, there's our premise. There's our science. Lockdowns are defined as the imposition of at least one compulsory non-pharmaceutical intervention, NPI. NPIs are any government mandate that directly restricts people's possibilities, such as policies that limit internal movement, 
close schools and businesses, and ban international travel. This study employed a systematic search and screening procedure in which 18,590 studies are identified that could potentially address the belief posed. After three levels of screening, 34 studies ultimately qualified. Of those 34 eligible studies, 24 qualified for inclusion in the meta-analysis. Now, what that is, basically a meta-analysis basically is we're going to take all of these other studies and we're going to correlate all of the data that comes from all of these other studies and we're going to see what conclusion we draw from, from correlating the information from all of these different studies, disparate studies. And this is what we come up with. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. They were separated into three groups. Lockdown stringency index studies, shelter-in-place order studies, and specific NPI studies. An analysis of each of these three groups support the conclusion that lockdowns have had little to no effect on COVID-19 mortality. More specifically, stringency index studies find that lockdowns in Europe and the United States only reduced COVID-19 mortality by 0.2% on average. SIPOs were also ineffective, that's the shelter-in-place, only reducing COVID-19 mortality by 2.9% on average. Specific NPI studies also found no broad-based evidence of noticeable effects on COVID-19 mortality. While this meta-analysis concludes that lockdowns have had little to no public health effects, there's science, they have imposed enormous economic and social costs where they have been adopted. In consequence, lockdown policies are ill-founded and should be rejected as a pandemic policy instrument. That's the abstract. That's the overall general conclusion. This should be front page everywhere. And I said, this is not a partisan thing. This goes across two different administrations that were telling us we've got to lock down. We got to lock down to save people. Two, two weeks to flatten the curve, right? Remember? That has turned into two years. Science, right? Except, except. Where is the fourth estate? The media, which is supposed to hold accountable our elected officials and our government agencies and matters of public policy and our business leaders. Where are they? And I mentioned Breitbart has reported on this. Fox News reported on this. I heard it in a couple of different places of talk radio. Newsmax had it. CNN, nowhere to be found. MSNBC, well, CNN's probably distracted a little bit over the whole Jeff Zucker thing. I mean, CNN is in free fall. And deservedly so. MSNBC, nothing. USA Today, nothing. And I can say that because I'm looking right here at CNN's front page. It's nowhere to be found. I do a search on CNN. It's nowhere to be found. USA Today, nowhere. Do a search on USA Today. Nothing. 
MSNBC, zip. Do a search on NBC. Nothing. Kim Kardashian's bra size is not in the public interest. The feud between William Shatner and George Takei is not in the public interest. Now, we might have a little bit of interest in that because it's Shatner and Takei. They were on Star Trek. That's in our wheelhouse. J.K. Rowling's views on gender. That's not in the public interest, although the media wants to cover it as if it's this most titillating thing of all time. We spend so much time focused on these little, niggling, nothing things. Alex Kurtzman is going to do a Starfleet Academy show. Okay, big whoop. Our elected officials have taken actions to destroy the world's economy. That, I think, should have a little bit more attention than it's getting. And as a broadcaster, as someone who has a license to broadcast over the air, it is incumbent upon me to report information that's in the public interest. Now, I've said before, ask yourself, who benefits? Who benefits? Who benefits from a destroyed economy? The mom and pop shops down the street? No. Amazon did. Walmart did. Pfizer certainly did. Moderna, Johnson, Johnson, shoot, Pfizer got $15 billion in 2019, 2020. $15 billion with a B. You know where most of that came from? You and me, fellow taxpayer. Fifty-three new billionaires were minted in 2019. Who benefits? Who benefits from the lockdowns and the riots? Black Lives Matter? Where's that $60 million? Because that's gone. And nobody knows where it went. Did the schools benefit from the lockdown? No. Did our kids benefit from the lockdown? Absolutely not. Our economy is in free fall. Inflation is out the door at warp speed. What about our mental and emotional health? Is there any benefit there? Suicides up. Crimes up. Murder rates in various different cities are up. Drug addiction, depression. Who benefits? Who benefits from the riots? Who benefits 
from these various district attorneys deciding not to prosecute criminal activity. Who benefits from putting COVID-positive senior citizens in senior citizen care facilities under threat of force? Who benefits? Always ask, who benefits? And it's not necessarily about money. I mean, we see this if you, if you read 1984, if you read Animal Farm, if you read Fahrenheit 451, it's not about the money. I mean, the money certainly is a benefit, sure. But it's about power. It's about control. Now, I've put a link in the show notes to the PDF document, this 62-page report. And I would say that responsible citizens should look at that report and should be emailing this report to every elected official that you can. Mayors, city council, county, county officials, governors, state legislatures, the U.S. Congress, send it to everybody. Blast it out on your social media networks. Send it in email chains. You get this thing out to everyone. This paper says that what we've been doing for the last two years has done squat for us. But it was never intended to benefit us. Who benefits? I would venture to say that Klaus Schwab benefits. George Soros certainly benefits. The World Economic Forum and all of their graduates probably benefit. The Build Back Better team. Justin Trudeau. President Macron. Buttigieg, our Secretary of Transportation, Governor Gavin Newsom. Who benefits from a destroyed economy? Who benefits from a crippled United States? On the eve of the Winter Olympics in China, who benefits? from a United States that has an incompetent leadership. A White House that is focused more on Joe Rogan than Joe Chinaman. A White House that has evacuated now two embassies in six months possibly a third to come. Who benefits? Cam 1138 may be a better question is who loses? The people. Absolutely. I, I totally 100% agree with you. 
A powerful free people are the enemies of the people who benefit. That, that's an excellent point. And we see that now with what's going on with, uh, with the, the truck convoy up in Canada. Workers of the world unite. Oh, wait, no, not that way. Don't do it like that. That's not what we meant. Where is the science that we're supposed to follow in all of this? That's my question. As a broadcaster, as a journalist, as a responsible citizen of the United States who votes, where is the science? Because the Johns Hopkins study that just came out says that there's none of it there. And it didn't do any good. So why is there still such a push? Why is there still such an effort to isolate us? When in the history of ever has it been a good idea to quarantine people who are not sick? How is that science? Where is that science? Show me the data. Show me the studies. You can't. It's about control. And I would dare say that the United States, even in the state that we're in, the United States stands as the last bastion of freedom. And we are the only thing standing in the way of the new world order. They're giving it a good kick in the teeth in Canada right now. And I'll salute them with a honk all the time as much as I can. We don't get normal back until we take it back, folks. This report needs to be blasted to everyone not just the people who make decisions, not just the people who have power and authority, but the people who give them that power and authority by consent. Remember, the consent of the governed, it still matters. And the fourth estate, you people in the media, you better get your head out of the sand or wherever it is that you've got them placed right now. You'd better stop sucking up to the politicians and start doing your job. Because right now, members of the media are acting in concert with members of the political elite and are acting as the ministry of truth that you find in 1984. We'll tell you what's true. doesn't necessarily have to be what's true, but we'll tell you what to believe. We'll tell you what to say and think and feel. That's not how journalism is supposed to work. That's not how reporting is supposed to work. And all of us, all of us, 
who have licenses, who have who have paperwork and documentation and 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 government access. We have a responsibility to call this crap out. We've been skating the edge of 2,000 subscribers over on YouTube. We've lost four. (coughs) Sorry, we've lost three in the last couple of days. We're back to 1996. And we may lose a few more. We may gain a few. It comes and goes. But this is not about how well we perform on YouTube. This is not making certain people on the staff happy. This is not about my particular notoriety. I couldn't care less. But I've got a piece of paper that says that I have a responsibility to the public interest. And I take that very seriously. So I am calling out our elected officials and our healthcare agencies. And I'm calling out the citizenry. Get this document in as, in as many hands as you can. The lockdowns don't work. Well, the lockdowns do work but they only work for specific purposes for a specific group of people and it is not in your best interest to keep the country shut down whatever country you're in doesn't it's not just the US anywhere Australia Austria Canada Hong Kong New Zealand Germany Russia, doesn't matter. The lockdowns don't do any good from a health science standpoint. The science of the virus and the mortality rate, as this study shows, not affected at all, negligible by lockdowns. Read the report for yourself. Don't take my word for it. The link is in our notes. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up today. My phone is blowing up. What do you think could it be? It doesn't look like it's anything important. Do what you feel is the responsible thing to do with this information, ladies and gentlemen. It's entirely possible that this channel could get nuked today, tomorrow, next week. So go find us over on Odyssey because we'll keep going as long as we go over on Odyssey. Other video platforms, Rumble and Twitch. We have a newsletter 
I'm going to try to use it a little bit more. We have a tip jar. Now this particular video is not monetized. That's by design. And there's all the different social medias where you can find us, at least for now. I will leave you with this quote. Political power grows out of the barrel of a gun. Mao Zedong. The threat of force. The threat of corporal punishment. Arrest. Public shunning. Loss of access to public accommodations. How many threats do we have to put up with? How many threats are you going to let them throw at you? The consent of the governed. It's a very, very critically important piece of what makes this country work. And it's what makes this country better than any other country in the world. We have a responsibility to stand up and say enough is enough on behalf of the world. Enough is enough. There are people in the media, there are people in the government who want you to believe that there are five lights I'm here to tell you, like I tell you every day, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.